welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. My name is Dominic Tyre, and I'm Pharma Forum's Creative and Editorial Director. For episode 25, I spoke with Tiffany Robinson-Smith, who's Global Medical Affairs Lead for Biologics at GSK, about eosinophils, why they're a focus for her company's research programs, and where they fit into GSK's current product portfolio. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. Tiffany, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. Uh, I wonder if we might start with a look at well, your own professional background, how you came to be at uh, GSK, and also how you personally came to be involved in eosinophil research. Yeah, so thanks, Dom. So I actually have a PhD in biomedical sciences um, from the Harry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee. But interestingly, I've spent the past 19 years or so working in immunology and inflammation in medical at, at several large pharmaceutical companies. And for me, what I've enjoyed about medical is, is being able to partner with the external community to, to be able to translate the science and research in a, a very digestible way. So, you know, when the opportunity um, came to work at GSK, when this was presented, it actually nicely aligned with my background and my continued interest in working in immunology and inflammatory conditions in the recipe space. So. What was exciting for me was to, to really understand that, you know, GSK's central R&D strategy was focused on understanding the immune system. And a part of that is understanding eosinophil research. So what I do specifically at GSK is I head up a medical team that's focused on biologic medicines, one of which works by specifically targeting eosinophil production to help manage diseases linked to eosinophilic inflammation. And so, so this is exciting work. It's significant as eosinophil-driven diseases have an, a critical impact on patients. So the more we understand about the role of eosinophils, the better we can apply our knowledge to the management of disease. So, so this is a big part of my role, collaborating with the external community and facilitating research. Mm-hmm. And certainly before setting up this episode of, of the podcast, I'd not really come across uh, eosinophils uh, an awful lot before. Could, could you explain for the listeners, um, perhaps in simple terms, what an eosinophil is and what it does in the body? Yeah. So from a very basic immunology perspective, you know, there are different types of white blood cells, which each have a different role to play. And one of the main types of white blood cells are eosinophils. And Eosinophils play a role in helping to fight you know, viral and bacterial infections, as well as they're involved in regulation of body functions and immune regulation. So they're an important part of our immune system and they help protect us against infections. However, in some people, too many eosinophils can lead to health problems. And in a range of conditions, an overproduction of eosinophils can play a harmful role in the body causing inflammation. So there are a variety of examples, but a few of them are hyper eosinophilic syndrome, also known as HES, or severe eosinophilic asthma, also abbreviated as SEA. But these are really debilitating diseases and have significant impact on patients' lives. So 
In people with these conditions, reducing their eosinophil levels back to normal can help reduce their signs and symptoms and manage their disease and ultimately improve their quality of life. And just picking up on, on just one of those um, uh, diseases that you mentioned, HES, that, that's quite a, as I understand it, quite a rare group of um, uh, inflammatory disorders. Are eosinophils only associated with uh, the, the, the rare disease sort of um, en uh, end of the spectrum of dis uh, disorders or uh, can it potentially be uh, more, more broader than that? Yeah, so there is a, a wide variety of eosinophilic-driven diseases and some that are more commonly known are, you know, severe eosinophilic asthma or nasal polyposis. These are, you know, broader um, conditions that have a greater prevalence rate. But, but there are also there are also a number of rare diseases that um, are impacted, um, such as HES or EGPA. So, really, eosinophilic-driven disorders really span the gamut from rare disease to some of the more broadly more well-known diseases. And when you look at this, this uh, broad range of, of uh, diseases and conditions that, that uh, can be affected by uh, eosinophils, uh, what would you say, how much do we know about eosinophils at the moment and what, are there gaps in our understanding still? Yeah, there are definitely gaps in our understanding. We've, we've learned a lot um, in terms of, you know, they, they play a significant role in helping to, to fight infections and they you know they're heavily involved in regulating our body function but but despite the, the much progress that we've made in the recent years you know our full understanding of the role of eosinophils is still evolving and that's why at gsk we're committed to further research and investment in this area um, as a great example last year we brought together some world-renowned experts on eosinophil science we brought them together in a two-day summit to really you know come together um, to discuss some of the latest research and really to debate and to challenge each other to identify where those gaps are. And so we brought together eosinophil biologists as well as clinicians who treat eosinophil-driven diseases from a variety of specialties, from allergists to gastroenterologists, etc. And again, we wanted to have this meeting of the minds to come together to really highlight where those gaps are and where we needed to further facilitate more research. And from that summit, the novel research areas were identified and are being progressed from general eosinophil biology to understanding more about the heterogeneous role in eosinophils. So, you know, an area of interest for us um, is that, you know, there's a need to have increased understanding of, of the right level of eosinophils in the body, while reducing the overproduction of eosinophils you know, can help people with eosinophil-driven diseases, but we also need to carefully balance that with, you know, avoiding depletion of eosinophils to a point where it can be harmful. So, in summary, there's a lot of research going on to help answer additional questions, um, a lot of research into eosinophil-driven diseases at GSK, and along with others from the external community, there's, there's a range of studies that are ongoing in this area. And in, in terms of um, GSK's own current research programs, so where, where would you say uh, eosinophils currently fit into to the work that you've got that's on, ongoing? You know, eosinophils are a huge area of, of research um, at GSK as a whole. And so, you know, we have, you know, a full development program um, specifically centered around um, eosinophilic driven diseases. But, 
you know, in addition to that, you know, we wanted to ensure that, you know, we looked at, you know, where the biggest unmet needs are. And, you know, overarchingly, GSK has been an established leader in eosinophil research now for around 25 years. And so eosinophil-driven diseases represents a huge unmet need um, for us as an organization, just because they have a significant impact on, on patients' lives. We have a continued interest in eosinophil-driven diseases from our, our current development program, but also as we um, advance additional research from our supportive studies. And how, in terms of the, the research that you're, you're currently pursuing, how, how advanced is, is that research at, at the moment? So, you know, in recent years, a number of targeted um, therapies have become available um, or are being researched to treat a number of, of different eosinophil-driven diseases. So in terms of advancement, you know, in addition to our eosinophil-focused development program, you know, we are progressing and supporting more than 60 studies across 24 countries to further progress eosinophil science as a result of our collaboration with the external scientific community. So our, um, you know, so eosinophil-driven diseases have, you know, a major impact on patients' quality of life, and, and, and we're just excited to invest in ultimately ensuring that we're progressing research to help facilitate um, this advancement. Mm-hmm. And as your research is ongoing, are there are there particular research challenges that you face with eosinophils? I mean, I, I imagine certainly when you're researching their their use in terms of a, a rare disease, perhaps like um, HES, there are some well-known um, issues in terms of uh, running clinical trials for within a, a, a rare disease in terms of patient recruitment and, uh, and and so on. But in terms of eosinophil research, are there any any particular research challenges that are associated with that? I will say that right now it seems like the world in itself is moving a bit slower. Um, so there's there's always you know things moving at just you know slower just because of where we are, the nature of kind of how the globe is with mm. regard to COVID. But for us, I mean you know the this addition, additional investment in research and in eosinophil biology will take time to deliver. We have you know from a development perspective, we have been able to progress our development program quite nicely. And with regard to this eosinophil research, you know, we're continuing to look forward to, um, you know, progressing, you know, our studies as rapidly as possible. But taking that in the context that things in general are, are moving slower um, just because of the state of the world. I suppose it, uh, a, a nice way to, to round up our, our look, uh, certainly in this episode of the podcast at eosinophils is what, look, looking ahead to the future. I mean, can you tell me a bit about um, what ultimately you're hoping to achieve through, through your uh, eosinophil research programs? So we ultimately want to improve the lives of patients and eosinophil driven diseases can have a major impact on patients' quality of life. So our hope is that by researching eosinophil science, we will help improve understanding um, of eosinophil-driven diseases and, again, ultimately improving the lives of patients through better management strategies and new treatment options. So with that, we are committed to continuing to advance the science. Tiffany, thank you very much for joining me for this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. And that brings us to the end of episode 25 of the Pharma Forum podcast and my discussion with GSK's Tiffany Robinson-Smith about eosinophil research. 
You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The Pharmaforum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharmaforum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily or weekly email pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins. And follow us on Twitter, where we are at Pharmaforum. Forum.